do you in any way right now feel because of the divisions that are in our society? Is that reminiscent to you of the division that was happening before they rounded up a segment of society? I hate to compare it to the Holocaust, maybe pre-Holocaust, but there definitely is a correlation, right? And what happens is it's step by step. It's first, you know, you you do these soft tyranny things. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king. Freedom Junkie Radio. Freedom Junkies, it's so good to be back. Everything's been a little bit upside down for me lately. and uh, But today, my guest is Yehuda Ramer. Am I saying that right, Ramer? Reamer. Reamer. Okay. You know oh, what? yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that fancy. Ramer. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not that fancy. <laughs> I thought it sounded awesome. Reamer. Okay. <laughs> well, um, and... Yehuda goes by the Pew Pew Jew. And you might wonder what that's about. Well, Pew Pew, right? Guns, Pew Pew, the Pew Pew Jew. My 15-year-old thinks that's the best name ever. He just said that. <laughs> yeah. So your demographic, you're you're working there for the young kid, the kids like it. Um, and Yehuda is a Second Amendment gun enthusiast extraordinaire. And we're going to talk about why today. Um, he's obviously Jewish, and that has something to do with it. And he even calls himself the Pew Pew Jew. So welcome to Freedom Junkie Radio, Yehuda. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, so uh, you have written children's books about uh, um, gun safety, right? Uh, I mean, I've, I've written numerous children's books, but yes, my, my gun safety book, was my first book that I came out with. I'm now an author of eight books, so yeah. Okay, well, so I wanna get to that, but first I wanna ask you about your enthusiasm. I I follow you on Instagram and I see some of your posts and I see you shooting big guns and going out and last (laughs) week you were shooting like a flamethrower looking thing and you're really, you're one of the bigger enthusiasts that I've come across. And I mean, I'm, I'm a gun enthusiast, but uh, you take it to another level. And I understand this has something to do with your grandfather at 14, having been a Holocaust survivor. Well, I mean, it, it comes, it, that's, I mean, a, a small part of it, right? Meaning I'm, I live in America, right? So I, I bleed red, white, and blue. I love this country. Um, And I am a firm believer uh, in the Second Amendment and everything that it stands for. And obviously, coming from a Jewish background, I lost over 60 relatives during the Holocaust. Um, My family would be significantly bigger today. Unfortunately, it's not because of that. Um, Both sets of grandparents actually survived the war, Um, each have their own incredible story of survival. So being able to understand from firsthand, well, not my firsthand, but, you know, someone who experienced the Holocaust firsthand, um, 
really bolsters my support and my advocacy for the Second Amendment. So, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of reasons why uh, I'm pro 2A, but obviously my, my grandparents' story is, uh, or stories, I should say, um, definitely is a, a uh, uh, God, I can't think of the right word, a, a inspiration for me to do what I do. Okay, so I guess the idea being that when a population is disarmed, the people who love the idea of gun control and taking them away, that guns are the problem. Um, but unfortunately, I those people have been, we're, apparently we're all brainwashed, right? Tom McDonald just made that apparent this last week. Um, and, I, and I know that, because how can, how can we not be? We've all, when we were, when I was a kid, it, the news was something that intelligent, educated people paid attention to. You pay attention to um, current events and you're supposed to be able to talk about that. And, and of course the newscasters wouldn't lead us astray, you know, that the fact that people are becoming aware of that in a, in a really big way right now. Um, I don't even know why I'm talking about the news right now. I guess it's on my mind. Um, what I wanted to get at was that when our, um, oh, that people are brainwashed and that we all are and to what degree, hopefully we're waking up to our own brainwashing and, and recognizing it, but every American and everyone in the world should desire to be armed in a fashion that could keep a tyrannical government from taking over. And I remember talking about this 10 years ago and people looking at me like I had three heads. because so I'm like, your government doesn't do that. Well, historically governments do. And I just read a book by a Rwandan genocide survivor. And those people had no, they were sitting ducks. They had nothing. Right. And then, so, so tell me um, in the, in the history of between the Germans and the Jews and the Jewish Germans, but, and then it went on over Europe, but um, they were pitted against each other. And then the, was it just the Jews that were disarmed or was the entire German population disarmed? No, I mean, I did, Hitler came into power in 33 and there was a lot of gun laws on the books. He made them stricter. However, he did do something called the Nuremberg laws, which was uh, targeted at Jews and, um, in essence, at first, the Jews had to register their firearms and then, you know, right, uh, give or take, beginning of 38, I believe, or maybe 37, the Jews had to now, um, their, their guns were confiscated. So what would happen is, is, you know, then you have Kristallnacht, which is November of 1938, and that led to the Holocaust. I mean, that led two years later, three years later, something like that. Yeah, three, four years later, that led to in 1942 when they started doing the final solution. So you can go back and there's a lot of people. I know I, I just posted something recently, a, a woman who works for Gabby Giffords Foundation or, or Giffords Courage, I think is this, uh, used a website that was a neo-Nazi website where they wrote an article how the, the basically the, the myth of gun gun control in Nazi Germany and that like she's getting it from a neo-Nazi website and you, you gotta be like these people can't be that stupid but she is clearly um but yeah it, it's just a thing that you know Hitler did come in and and confiscate the guns and 
before that there was a registry and so it was the Jews that, that they that had to register their guns and have their guns taken it wasn't the German population on the whole uh, that that's a great question I, I don't remember exactly if okay. it was the German population as a whole um, I, I do think that there were ways to keep firearms um, if you were a a purebred Aryan but I, I don't remember the exact thing I, I try to concentrate really on on you know specifically Jewish related Second Amendment things. But yes, in, in general, you know, there was a big gun registry and then confiscation. Um, so then that leads me to all of the division that we're feeling now in this country, which, you know, they've just divided us like crazy. But religions, black, white, men, women, gay, straight, it, they, they just divided us in every way imaginable, made up new ways to divide us. And when, and the worst one now being jabbed, unjabbed, and this idea of the others and needing, and they are the problem. And I don't know where you stand on that. You and I have never spoken before. So I, you and I are just having a civil conversation between two strangers and right. um so you don't know where i stand on that you might figure it out pretty quickly and i don't know where you stand on that and i don't it doesn't matter to me what other people are doing but um this idea that so you know we might need to round these people up and and separate them from the rest of society um, are, do you in any way right now feel because of the divisions that are in our society, is that reminiscent to you of the division that was happening before they rounded up a segment of society? Yeah, so I definitely, there's a lot of people going around, um, a lot of people comparing to what's going on to the Holocaust. Um, then there's a lot of people who are upset that people are doing that. Personally, I do see a correlation between the two. Um, now, I'm not saying we are, I, I hate to compare it to the Holocaust, maybe pre-Holocaust, but there definitely is a correlation, right? And what happens is it's step by step. It it's first, you know, you, you do these soft tyranny things, um, something like, you know, oh, you only have to mask up for two weeks and then it goes longer. And now you see, I mean, my parents were here uh, for three weeks um, in July and they're from LA and they came here and they loved it because there was no masks and it was fantastic. And then while they were here, I think like four days before they left is when Gavin Newsom announced that, you know, there's a new mask mandate. And my parents were just like, oh my God. And uh, it's, it, look, I am of the belief you want to get, you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. You don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. I really don't care. Um, personally, me, did not get the vaccine, have zero plans of getting it. And you can like me, you can hate, hate me, you can drag me through the mud or not. I really don't care. It will not make a difference to me. I will not lose sleep. However, um, there is a lot going on that we see right now um, in this country that there really is a, a very stark division amongst everyone, like you said, right? Men, women, gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Jew. I mean, doesn't really make a difference. And one thing I, I do know is that if we don't get, if we don't overcome it, 
it's going to be a very interesting next few years as Biden still has another three and a half years left, which seems like an eternity compared to the fact that he's only been in office for seven months. So. Um, yeah, I'd love for us to come up with some solutions. Um, that's something else I love to do on this show is not just bring up the problems, but bring up potential solutions too for people. Um, because as united we stand and, and, and the United States, as long as you can remember, it's been the persecuted, you know, the, the very first um, immigrants over here were the, they just wanted to have their own religions, you know, the Puritans or whoever. Right. And um, then you, then it's been people from all over different parts of the world, different religions, different, you know, it's, it's, we really are a melting pot. And, and I, I know that term might've been pushed like that. I, I've learned recently that that could be uh, um, almost like a brainwashing technique, but I don't mind it at all. I love the, yeah. the diversity in, in the United Absolutely. States. And um, I, so um, Yehuda, you were just talking about where you are. We're both in Texas. Yehuda's in the Dallas area and I'm in the Austin area. And um, I grew up in Houston and my friends were everything. I mean, I had friends from Palestine. I had friends from uh, Jewish friends I have had forever, grown up from second grade on. Still one of my second grade Jewish friends is one of my best friends. Um, Black, Mexican, Asian, definitely a couple of gay people. I don't think they knew they were gay yet, but we, the rest yeah. of us did. And we loved them. You know, I mean, everyone, there's, there's, um, there's just something about America where I don't, I think, I don't think most people are buying the BS about, you know, these people are this way and these people are this way. It's like, no, cause I lived down the street from one of them for 10 years and they were great, you know, I mean, right. um, so well, look, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, look, the, the NRA show and, and look, whatever, despite whatever you think about the NRA, the NRA show this year is in two weeks and it's in Houston. Um, I challenge anyone to go to the NRA show and say that the gun industry is, you know, um, all old white men. I challenge you. Or white old Christian men. Yes, white old Christian men. I challenge you. You will see such a diverse crowd there. Um, I have friends in the firearms industry who are my core group of friends who are white, black, Muslim, transgender, uh, Asian. Women. Well, women. Yeah, no, absolutely. Some of my biggest uh, friends um, who I look up to, who I ask for advice in the industry on firearms related things are women. And um, they they are fantastic. And I challenge anyone, you know, if you really want to see what America is all about, go, go to the NRA show go to any other kind of firearms show and you'll see that's what America is. And, and we're brothers and sisters. Yeah. Well, so I, I think the way to overcome it is to just not buy it and continue to go out of our way to be open and open, open-minded and accepting. And, and um, it just, that's the way everybody I know is. So whenever they've been pushing this for a couple decades now that, oh, well, there's lots of racism in the United States and 
black people don't like white people and white people don't like black people. And I'm like, it is just BS. That just doesn't, isn't, I don't see it. Um, and I know it, I know it exists. I know there's people out there that have fallen for that and that right. believe it, you know, but, um, well, so speaking of racism, I wanted to ask you too about this because, um, I've been learning so much this year and, um, one of the things that has been coming up, obviously, is who is the cabal, you know, the, the world, the bankers, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> um, who is it that's been brainwashing us and controlling our minds? And it comes up, I'm sure you're aware of this, it's, you know, they'll say, well, it's Jews who own Hollywood. It's Jews, you just rolled your eyes. I love it. I can't wait to ask you my question. Um, Jews who own the media, the six main media companies, that's, that's all we get as far as news and the world banking system. So how does it feel? And then, but then when you hear people say, well, it's the Jews and I'm like, well, it's not the Jews. It's the cabal. It's the bad guys. It's the, the 13 families or the Rothschilds or whoever, we, we don't even know who pulls the strings. Um, some people might, I don't, um, the, the, you can't lump Jews in with them because all of, one of my very best friends is Jewish and she didn't have anything to do with the bank world bank or anything. So what, what, when that comes up, how can people feel that? Because you are, uh, obviously somewhat conservative Jew. You, you, you like the second amendment. I know that about you. I'm assuming you like um, the constitution on the whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty conservative. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, take that and just speak to that a little bit because it, people do, they're like, oh, well, it's the Jews that are running the, the world and causing the problems. What do you say to that? I tell them they're right and they shouldn't mess with us. I mean, it, it, I, I, I make it, I, yeah, I make it very, very uh, uh, sarcastic. I'm like, oh, no, you're right. The, the Jews do run the world. And you know what? Sucks that you're not Jewish because you're never going to run the world then. Like, I make a joke out of it. I, it, it it's ridiculous. It's, look, I believe like the top like six CEOs of like the biggest banks in the world, like Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, None of them are Jewish, like right, the guys who run the bank. Like maybe you have like the World Bank, it might be Jewish, but and in terms of Hollywood, okay, good. So you know what? So you have some. Let's say there are right. Like let's take Harvey Weinstein for example, right? Good. So he's Jewish in name only, right? The guy's mm -hmm. a piece, the guy's a piece of crap scumbag, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I can I can point to a million non-Jews who are piece of crap scumbags also it, like i said I, when people bring up the protocols of the elders of zion i'm like i know it's one of my favorite books right i i just you throw it back in their face and you make them sound stupid i'm like why are you lumping people together right i i look i struggle my wife and i live paycheck to paycheck still you know we're, we're working hard trying to support a family i don't i don't have any white privilege i don't have any jewish privilege it's all BS, right? Everything's individual. Don't lump everybody together because there might be a few bad apples. It's just stupid. And, and, and I ridicule these people. I mean, literally, if someone brings up the protocols of the elders of Zion, I tell them it's one of my favorite, you know, it's one of my favorite books. Uh, when they say Jews are trying to take over the, take over the world, you know, um, that, you know uh, when it was a couple of years ago, uh, Representative Majori Green, 
Taylor, Matori, Taylor Green. Marjorie, yeah. Marjorie, whatever it is. Uh, she posted on Facebook or something when there was the California wildfires that the fires were started by space lasers owned by the Rothschilds, right? This is true. You can look it up. So I came out with a t-shirt that mimics uh, Die Hard where it says, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Mine says, now I have a Jewish space laser, oi, oi, oi. Like, I, I just read, ridicule it. I make fun of people for being so naive and dumb. And, and the best is when you're like, well, so you're just being anti-Semitic then. Oh, no, no, we're not anti-Semitic. I'm like, yeah, well, you're, you're, you're spewing anti-Semitic crap. So either shut your mouth or own the fact that you're being anti-Semitic. And they have no answer to that. Okay, I'm not familiar with the book that you've referred to, The Elders of Zion. Oh, The Protocols of the Elders yeah. of Zion. That's basically kind of what started like the whole Jews taking over the world thing. It came out in, I want to say the late 1800s or maybe early 1900s. Um, definitely go read about what it is. It was a whole, it's been proven false many times, but there are still people out there who are like, Oh, the protocols of the elders of Zion. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, yes. You're right. The protocols of the elders of Zion is true. We're trying to take over take over the world. I'm just a small minion in that world. So, you know, okay. You, well, you somebody is trying to take over the world. And there and and it has, I know it has to do with the World Bank because they've funded both sides of every war. I don't think it matters what they're well. Some people call them, you know, satanic, and I don't know anything about that either, you know. Um, and it, if they were obviously, like you said, Jew in name only, because if they were any, you know, from what I gather, the religions are all based in creating a, a peaceful society and, and love. What I know of of various world religions, and then you get your crazy fanatics or people who try to get, gain power through their religion and rise kind of like politicians, you know, right. There's what, what religion they came from. They all turn into narcissistic sociopaths and, and the rest of us can't relate to them. But if you like, if it was the, I, I have Swedish background. If it was the Swedes that were running the world bank, you know, and people were like, well, it's the Swedes. And I'd be like, well, they are Swedish, but I want to, I don't want them to control the world and the money supply of the world and enslave us all either. I mean, so it, it would be hard. I felt like, cause that's, and, and I am announcing my ignorance here. I really don't know much about it, but I know that I've just heard that too. Those same things that you're saying. I mean, I, honestly, I just, I don't think about it. Like if it is, if it is Jews, not, it's not Jews that I know and not Jews that I would want to have anything to do with. Um, I, I, I'm a proud American. I will do whatever it takes to keep America free. Um, I will have, you know, I will fight within our borders to make sure that we, you know, uh, follow the constitution, that we have the right free speech, the right to vote, the right, you know, second amendment. That, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. It, if people are trying to take over the world, I say, bring it. Um, if they're trying to take over America, I say good luck. Um, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I, I, all of this, these anti-Semitic diatribes and conspiracy theories, I, I honestly, I don't even waste time in it because 
it's it, it's ignorant. It's dumb. Like I'm, like I said, it's very possible that the Rothschilds are taking over the world, right? Or 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 funding it or whatever it is or getting it right. And you know what? Those people are going to have a special place in hell then. And I'm okay with that. But like, how is that affect? You know, it, it it's affecting me so roundabout that why am I going to even worry about something like that? No, I'm going to, I'm going to concentrate on raising my family, you know, uh, uh, being good to my wife, being good to my children. I, um, love my fellow neighbors as best I can help people do charity. That's what I'm concentrating on just being the best person that I can. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you come at me with like anti-Semitic crap, I just, I just will ridicule you because it's it, it's just stupid. It, it's ridiculous. It's it's something that I've heard time and time again, and it's like, come on, come up with some new uh, conspiracy theories, you know? Well, I think it's um, I, I think the best thing you can do is continue because you wear your yarmulke. You are a practicing Jew, obviously. Yes. And I think it's one and so it's it's visible it's your name you're holding it out there you know you're not just hiding and being like i'm just gonna and um kind of camouflage myself as an as an american no i'm a jewish american you know that's yeah. and and so um the fact that you are standing up and and with who you are obviously people are gonna if they are ignorant about something or whatever it might show itself but um you're also I just want, I want to say like, you're making it really apparent that you know, Jews are just as staunchly American and constitutionalist, some Jews like you, yep. I mean, cause there's a lot that fall to the left and you know, that's an interesting thing too. Um, the majority of my Jewish friends are, now I have one who's extraordinarily, um, but she was just a really big Trump supporter. You can't call her, I mean, but she was a liberal always, you know, but then it, when it came to freedom, that's, that's a liberal idea, really, everything's gotten all screwy. But the majority of my Jewish friends fall onto the liberal, the left side of things. And um, that's curious to me, because it seems that that um, Jews would be very constitutional and would, like you, you know, have a, want to be able to arm themselves. And, and I don't know, how do you feel about that? I mean, that this is that that question is an entire podcast in itself. Um, but you know, in short, Jews tend to be Jews fall in three categories right now in America. And what I'm about to say is not a blanket statement, so I don't want any of your listeners to be like, "Oh, this is what he said." I'm like, "Like cool your jets." It's not a blanket statement type of thing. Um, you have Orthodox Judaism which I fall under Orthodox Judaism. You have conservative Judaism, which not conservative politically, but religiously. Then you kind of have reformed Judaism. In a lot of cases, reformed and conservative Judaism, very similar to cafeteria Catholics, right? They kind of, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but uh, so cafeteria Catholic is basically, and again, it applies to any religion, um, but uh, basically it's, here's your religion, but I don't like this, this, and this, so I'm only going to follow that, that, and that, right? It's like going to a cafeteria. I'll take some of this, some of that, but not that. 
So Orthodox Judaism tends to follow the Old Testament, and we 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 not to say we're perfect, but we try to follow what we follow, even if we don't necessarily agree with it. It's our religion; we do what we do. So, in the early 1900s, right, you have tons of American Jews in America, tons of American Jews who lived across the country voting for a Republican governor but a Democratic mayor, right? Whatever was best for where they lived at that moment. Then you have, uh, you know, you had all these, uh, the Holocaust started happening. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still exhausted. You had the Holocaust started happening and uh, in the same time in the thirties as the Holocaust and, you know, Hitler was gaining power, you also had FDR passing the New Deal and the second New Deal, giving all of these welfare programs. When the Holocaust finished, when the Holocaust finished, all of these Jewish immigrants coming over from Europe now came to America with nothing, like not a penny, right? Whatever clothes they were wearing, that was it. And they come to a place where the Democratic Party is like, oh, here's free this, here's free that. Um, now, again, it's not necessarily free, free, but it is in the in a way. It's, it's, it's welfare. For years and years and years, as they're building up their name, they're like, oh, look, they keep doing all these welfare programs. So by the time the 60s, the crazy 60s and the 70s rolled around, you had Jews embedded into the democratic left liberal uh, you know, mindset. And then they started having kids and those kids are raised the same way. And that's why you have a lot of conservative and reformed Jews voting left. And that obviously comes to play with firearms, right? Is the fact that a lot of Jews also came over from Europe and they just saw what firearms did, right? They saw World War, uh, World War II firsthand. They saw what the Nazis did with firearms to their families, you know, so they come to America and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we do not want to have anything to do with firearms. We've seen enough in our lifetime. And there is, there lies the issue, right? They, they didn't grasp the idea of the Second Amendment. So you, you had just a culmination of things that built up to what you see nowadays and that so many Jews are left-leaning. Now, Orthodox Judaism is interesting because Orthodox Judaism tends to be more Republican. Uh, they tend to abide by the Constitution as well. They also tend to be more pro-Second Amendment. However, within being pro-Second Amendment, a lot of them are like, oh yeah, we understand you know, how, how important firearms are. We just don't want to have anything to do with them. We don't want them in the house. We're going to call the cops if God forbid something happens. Then you have your other, you have your gun owners, Jewish gun owners who are, are closet gun owners, right? They don't want people to know that they're gun owners because Jews tend to be very um, close-knit. You have a lot of play dates when your kids are younger. And, you know, we have our Sabbath, right? On our Sabbath, there's no, there's no swimming. There's no going to arcades. There's no playing. It's, you just get together with family and friends. So a lot of people don't want to be pariahs in their community by saying like, oh, we don't want to send to that house because that person has guns. So a lot of people are closet gun owners. Then there's the very, very select few who are out there training, vocal about the Second Amendment, calling for Jews to arm themselves and get trained and stuff like that. So 
it's a very interesting um, hierarchy. How did you end up there? In Texas? No, as as one of those Jews who's who's very vocal oh. and very. So that that's that's actually crazy. When when I wrote my first book, um, my first book, I don't even know where it is. It's somewhere here. It's that one, this one, right there. Safety, safety um, on. Safety on. Yeah, uh, my book, Safety on. Um, when I married I had two I mean I'm still married but I was married uh with two kids at the time living in LA where I grew up and I live you know uh obviously I didn't live at home anymore I live with my wife and kids and my younger brother once let slip we were by my parents house and kind of let slip that you know uh hey Yehuda when are we gonna go shoot your Glock and my parents like went pure like Chernobyl right like absolute <laughs> nuclear disaster meltdown and what happened was, is they didn't talk to me for weeks and, and they were calling me irresponsible and every other name you can think of that the left might call someone who's a pro-gun with kids in the house. And I was like, you know what? How can I kind of shut my parents up? At the same time, how can I educate my children on firearm safety? So uh, I started, I took out my cell phone, a, my Apple, my iPhone, and on my notes, on the note app, I wrote safety on in about 20 minutes. And I sent it to my buddy who was in the LAPD at the time. And at this point, even though I had a gun, I knew nothing about firearms, nothing. Um, and he kind of sat with me and he, he tore the book to shreds, constructive criticism, taught me verbiage, lingo, you know, uh, the force cardinal rules of gun safety. I mean, he taught me everything that I needed to know and um, it was fantastic. And it took me five years to get the book published. But when I finally got the book published, it went from me being a nobody to all of a sudden all these names in the firearms industry saying, holy crap, we have never, there's no books like this on the market. It was a children's book, right? It's a children, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a children's book. It's geared for ages six to 10. And I know plenty of adults that can use it too, um, but uh, it's geared for specifically for children, not for parents on how to talk to your children, for children. And one thing led to another, and then I converted it to this one, to a coloring book version. And all of a sudden it's like, people are like, oh, well, we're gonna have a, expert, a gun safety expert, Yehuda Reamer. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. Just because I wrote a kid's book, I have an editor. She makes me sound much smarter than I am. I'm no expert, but it stuck. And, and the ball kept rolling and rolling. And then when I was writing this one, this book is called uh, 27 Words, which is a breakdown of the 27 words of the Second Amendment. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a historian, a two-way historian. And he's like, you know, you're kind of like the pew pew Jew. And, you know, that little wheel in my head started turning and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to get a logo brand that. And I kind of fell into second amendment advocacy. I was never planning on being this voice, um, this part of the big diversity crowd in the gun industry, um, you know, dealing with, with magazines and radio and, and all these personalities. I never even imagined. I, I was like, hell, I've, I'm never even going to get a book published. And I kind of fell into it. But once the Pew Pew Juice started, 
I started having people message me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, when I launched the pewpewjew.com, I was getting emails saying, oh man, it's great to see, you know, a Jew being pro-gun instead of all the ones being anti-gun. And I'm like, wow, I'm kind of having a responsibility now to be this voice for the Jewish community in America. And I still get a lot of hate uh, from Jews saying, hey, you know, uh, you shouldn't be doing this or, you know, guns are bad, blah, blah, blah. But then overwhelmingly, I have a ton of people. Um, I mean, I, I sell, oh, let me see. I sell these on my website. Like I sell these on my website. It's uh, like camo yarmulkes. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah, so I sell like camo yarmulkes. I have people buying them left and right and, and texting me saying, hey, we haven't gone to synagogue in like 40 years, but we're going to go this year so we can show our rabbi the yarmulke. And I'm connecting, I'm connecting with Jews who... You know, one of the biggest compliments I was at, I, I ever got, there's a, a two guys in my community here, two rabbis who specifically their job is to help with um, Jews who might not have any connection to Judaism to kind of bring them back into fold and show them a love for Judaism. And one of them is like, you know, you have to understand what you're doing. He goes, you are bringing Jews in that, no other rabbi can touch and I'm not a rabbi he's like we 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 can talk to these people and they won't even they'll be like very cordial and nice but you are actually getting people involved people who have never had any connection to Judaism or Jews that have never had any connection you are bringing them back into the fold <laughs> now yes they might not become orthodox but the fact that they're willing to put on a yarmulke and let's say go to you know high holidays once a year because they want to show the rabbi i'm 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 becoming a voice and and that's kind of how it all happened it it, it was never a plan well i love it because what happened was authenticity that's what happened yes you just simply were who you were you are who you are and you don't care if people take you or leave you what else are you going to be and i think that and then it starts to take on a life of its own. And yeah. so, you know, I just kudos, and I, that's a weird word to say. I don't ever say kudos. <laughs> um, just a bit massive pats on the backs, big hugs, because you just owned who you are, you know, because I think that that's a lot of, you know, why stand out as a Jew in the Second uh, um, Amendment community? Well, why not? You know, why not? You, that's what you are. You're Orthodox Jew and you love the Constitution. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know whether you put one of them before the other, God before country or country before, I don't know. Um, but you can't have freedom of religion without, you can't have the first amendment without the second. Everything that we, that yep. that Constitution stands for and says, you, you have these rights. We do. And you know what I'm finding is that as, as we get more divided and as things get weirder, just like weirder by the day in America and all over the world, people are, I, I think more and more people are starting to understand the gravity of the Second Amendment. Yes. Yeah, there, there, a lot of people are waking up now and it's great to see. Um, it, it, it's great to see the, the problem that 
people in the gun industry are facing now is we don't care, you know, we're, we're happy to, to bring you in, train you, educate you. We're happy to do that. But understand that if you are getting a firearms for self-defense and against a tyrannical government, but then you turn around and vote the way you've been voting that got us into this mess, you're kind of defeating the purpose of what you're trying to do. So uh, it, that, that's definitely an uphill battle because you don't want to alienate people by saying, hey, look, we're happy to have you on board, but you need to vote this way. Uh, I mean, yes, we want someone to vote for, you know, someone who's a pro A, sorry, pro 2A, uh, you know, leanings. However, if you're like, well, that person supported Trump, so I can't vote for them. Well, I'm like, well, then, then what's the point? Like, who, whether he supports Trump or not, he supports the Second Amendment. So, like, why, you know? So, it's definitely interesting to see how everything's played out. Um, I deal with this kind of stuff a lot. And it's interesting, it's fun, and I enjoy it. Well, so the reason that you're so tired is because you have a new baby at home. I do. Yes, I have a little boy, uh, I, my third boy, fourth kid. Um, and he, I think we're finally realizing that he's just really hungry. Um, well, no, what, what, what I mean by that is that, you know, my wife would nurse him and then we would try to give him a bottle, but like he didn't take a bottle. Um, but my five week old is super spoiled and he only likes, if we're going to give him a bottle, it needs to be warmed up. So, well, of course, yeah, of course, like who, right? Who, I mean, who, who wants cold milk when you can have warm milk? And you're imitating um, the boob. The boob is warm yeah, milk. Yeah, exactly. So it took us actually, we, we, we were trying really hard to figure it out. We changed, we changed formulas. We, we changed this. We did, we did so many things. And then finally my wife was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I just talked to my friend and she said, we should try to warm the bottle. And like, we warmed the bottle and the kid like like two ounces in like 30 seconds. And and um, so he, he is sleeping better. He's not crying as much throughout the day. But I mean, look, anyone who's a parent out there knows that even, even with your fourth child, every child is different. You know, you, you have to run through those trials to figure out everything. So um, he's really cute. He's really cuddly. Yeah, cuddly. He's got massively fat mushy cheeks and um but yes but little by little i'm getting more sleep but we're working on it yeah i don't expect you to be getting a lot of sleep anytime real soon it's it takes no. a while <laughs> so yeah um well uh yeah we were supposed to have this interview a couple weeks ago and i got really sick and i never took a test or anything but i can assume that it was this by a weapon that we spent $191 billion creating. It just makes you so mad when you have it. And it's unbelievable what, what we've, what we have bought, you know, what we were sold and what we bought and people are waking up in so many different ways. And, um, 
I, I think it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned having your people, your guns because of a tyrannical government. And when I used to say that 10 years ago, I ran for Congress as a libertarian. And that was, you know, it was like, why do people need guns? And it's like, well, it's really not. Yeah, it's great to have it to defend yourself. The chances of me needing to carry my gun to defend myself are very, very slim. I doubt I would ever need yeah. it. Um, now, I, I like to... Um, to use my rights, you know, um, use them or lose them. And so, um, you know, carrying, I think is a great idea. A chance, like I said, chances of needing it are almost nothing. So then why do you, why do you need it? Well, it's in case the, the government, right, you know, get, right. gets out of hand. And people used to think I was crazy. They'd be like, that doesn't happen. And I don't know how I knew. I knew at a deep level that, yeah, it does happen. Did it look like it was happening when we had whoever, Bush or Clinton or Obama? Did it look like it was happening? No. Um, but it, it, happens, it happens in an instant when yeah. all of a sudden they're coming for you. And I read a quote by a Russian, I guess a quarter of Leningrad when Stalin was taking over. Um, and I don't know I don't know who they were rounding up. Historically, if you look at uh, Cambodia or Russia, um, they were, when they round the people up and no one can believe what's going on. And so they sit back and let it happen because they're like, what's happening, right? They're not, they right. don't catch on. Um, it's the, the people who they know are liberty-minded who are gonna stand up. And it's the, the educated who can, you know, like hi, it, that's typically who goes, the, the, the teachers and the professors. And, um, and so this quote I read, he, he said, if we had only taken them out when they were rounding us up, we then there wouldn't have been anybody to round everybody right. else up. They took right. a quarter of the city of Leningrad and rounded them up. And this is news to me. I mean, all this information is coming out right now because People are, are, are thirsty for it and digging it up. And anytime they talk about coming door to door, which they've talked about for what, giving you the jab, you know, it's like people, they're talking about going door to door and they're doing it in other countries and we're watching it and all for something that is about like the flu, you know? Right. Um, so I, I, this whole idea of, oh, and then last week there was an ad put out I want to say it was by the CDC, which why anyone listens to this CDC that's not even in elected positions and why they make yeah. decisions, I have no idea. But they um, are they put out an uh, basically a want ad for uh, people who would who would want to help round people up and reeducate them. Did you see that? Um, I did not see that, but that that uh, is very interesting. I um, yeah, you know yeah. I, so I, you can you can answer the one ad and you can go become one of those people who would go around and and round yeah. people up and, and put them away. I I, I want to uh, design a, a poster for my front door that says, come at me with the jab, you might just get the stab. <laughs> we apparently we I, I don't know if we have free speech anymore. I really just yeah. you know. You can still put it on your, you can put it on your front door. You can't put it online. You can't. Yeah, well. Right. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> true. 
Um, I think that our people should go and read our Declaration of Independence right now, because there's some really powerful, important words in there. And I think people are starting to, and, and there's, and it talks about when the government becomes treasonous and when the yeah. government starts to take away your freedoms, when they say you have to do things that were never, they had nothing to do with the constitution or, you know, our-, our Right. So I, it's a really interesting time to be um, alive and, and talking and discussing these things. So you are involved in the, the firearms industry in a way. I mean, you're just, you're a, a spokesperson in a way for the second amendment and second amendment people. And you're going to go to the NRA meeting in a couple of weeks. Um, are you seeing a large uptick right now? And I mean, it's apparently Obama was the biggest gun salesman we've ever had. You know, <laughs> I mean, no, the, the 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 last six months has been um, has been just crazy. Uh, well, it really the last year, 2020, brought in. Uh, I mean, ammo is hard to come by. Certain ammos. I mean, I have a I have a rifle that is chambered in 300 blackout and can barely. I mean, you can literally barely get ammo for that. Ammo's hard to come by. There, you can get ammo, but you can get firearms now. But um, six months ago, I mean, seven months ago, it was super hard. People are buying it left and right off the shelves. There's a great gun store in austin um but central texas gunworks i can tell you who is and he has a bunch of stuff available south bend center 321 west ben white boulevard okay so i don't i have no idea where that is okay but um yeah he he I, you know there's just places everywhere it, it's it's crazy yeah, seems like it. I know people who've never owned guns that are now gun owners. And we, like I said, we have a little range on our property and I have neighbors going, hey, can we come practice shooting our guns? But <laughs> I never thought would have, you know, been yeah, called. Absolutely. Um, so this NRA meeting, um, what's it going to be like? And, and when is it and where is it if people want to go? Uh, September 3rd, 4th, 5th. God, I don't even remember. Somewhere in Houston that's some, like downtown Houston, probably uh, some center um it's just going to be a bunch of vendors open to the public um you can go to and uh type in nra show and you know you can just get tickets and um it's definitely fun to walk around so it's mainly a gun show it's one of the bigger gun shows but it's yeah pr pretty much but i don't think you can buy anything there um it's just vendors showing off their stuff and I suppose the NRA trying to boost their membership and yeah yeah no of course it, that that definitely uh, is part of it um, so you know uh, definitely I'll be there uh, Friday and Sunday so you know if if anyone's there come find me and uh, we can chat all right so I think um, obviously you wrote your book well we're gonna we'll wrap up here in a little bit but um, be because I'm, I'm like psychologically analyzing why your first book was for children. And it's because you were already answering the 
um, the naysayers from the other side who say, you know, children well, are that children end up are the ones that end up picking up guns and shooting. And it's like, well, no, they don't if they know if right. they know certain things. I mean, really, it was a children's book because I had children that I wanted to educate them. And I looked to see if there was a book on the market first. I mean, I was going to go buy a book, but there was nothing on the market. So I was like, all right, I'll write my own book for my kids. And then the rest is history type of thing. So it really was just a matter of there was a need for something and I filled it. You know, it's so interesting because we, I have two boys and they're, they're 11 and 15 now, but even when they were little and they had Nerf guns and we were, we were trying to teach them, you don't aim guns at people. And I'm like, wait, you're supposed to shoot people with Nerf guns. You're supposed to shoot now, but the BB gun is different over here. You never, so we, you know, made that distinction, but we had a lot of friends who did not want their kids playing with Nerf guns. And how much fun is that? We had rubber band guns when I was a kid. It's really yeah, fun to shoot someone. <laughs> yeah, no, look, my, 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 five, I, my five-year-old is my partner in crime. Um, I love all my kids, but my five-year-old is, I, he, he is my partner in crime. Um, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I love that kid just because he, he is like, my, my oldest son is like a sweetheart, an angel was always like every parent's dream child even at 12 years old every parent in the community loves him because they're like he's such a sweet boy my daughter is a sweetheart a bit of a diva but just a sweetheart and then there's my five-year-old who who is just satan spawn and he's 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 an evil little genius and he he just knows how to nitpick and he knows he he he's the kid that like my wife and i have talked about like We've already come to terms with the fact that he will be in the principal's office every day and there's nothing we can do about it. Like that's my five-year-old and I love it. He's, he's my mischief uh, kid, um, but he's the best because he'll be like, hey, daddy, look, and he'll have his Nerf gun up. He's like, look, my finger's off the trigger. I'm like, good job, buddy. And then he just turns around and shoots his brother in the head. I mean, it's fantastic. I, you yeah. know, it, it, it's, I love it. So yeah, look out new guy. Look out five week old. You've got yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's your older brother. Yeah, pretty well, much. Um, yeah, no, we, as gun owners, you know, it was really important for us to educate our children on, you know, A, you never go and pick up a gun um, without asking if you, and, and, you know, I think it's really important for kids to know this, even if they aren't from the home of, gun, of a gun owner, because if you go over to someone else's house and the kid says, hey, let's go look at my dad's gun. The first thing my kid would say is, is it okay with your parents? And if the kid said, oh yeah, it's fine. He's like, well, I've got to ask. Yep. You know, and then we also, whenever our kids, it, it doesn't ever happen, but if they're ever like, Hey, can I see your gun? The answer is always yes. Yes. Oh, that's you. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, I'm so happy you said that. Um, Cause that's something that I talk about religiously is, I mean, I usually carry a firearm even when I'm in my home. Right. You know, as long as I'm not in shorts in a t-shirt, like I am now, if I'm, in, if I'm in jeans, which is what I live in, if I'm in my jeans, the guns on me and my five-year-old always. Hey, daddy, can I touch your gun? Daddy, can I? And I never say no. Um, when I clean my guns, I let my kids snake the barrels. Um, I get them part of it. Um, but I'll give it to my 12-year-old. No problems. He Finger off the trigger. He knows not to put his down. finger on the trigger. He knows, he know, he, I mean, even though it's in the holster, but he, he, he made it, I mean, he knows exactly. He, he is better with firearms than most adults in my community. And I trust him more. He goes shooting with me all the time. He absolutely loves it. 
And um, yeah, it, it's, you don't hide the fact that you have firearms. If you hide the fact, it's kind of like, I mean, I'll use Christmas, true. right? It's like Christmas presents, right? Your kids know you guys bought the Christmas presents. The same thing with Hanukkah presents, right? My kids know we bought them. And they look and look and try to find them. And like every year we have to come up with a new place for them to, you know, to hide them. So they know. And it's the same thing with a firearm. If you hide it from them, kids are very, very smart. They will find them. Even if, they, even if they're not looking for them, they will find them. My kids all know where my guns are. They know that's in my safe. Kid doesn't, he doesn't even think twice. He doesn't care. He's like, oh, it's daddy's gun. If I want to see it, all I have to do is ask him. Right. He knows not to touch it. And no matter, it's a matter of educating them at a very young age. It's the same reason why we, we tell our toddlers who are, you know, eight, nine months crawling, like don't touch the oven, right? Oven, ovens nowadays have a protective shield on it where it's not hot. It can be 400 degrees in the oven. You can touch the oven. It's not hot. Um, but we still say, oh, no, no, don't touch it. You're, you're educating them from a young age. I mean, and that's really what it is. And a gun is a tool, nothing more. And as long as we educate them, you shouldn't have accidents. Well, and like you said, I've taught a lot of adults too, particularly my friends, my girlfriends come over and they've never shot a gun before and I'll teach them. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a handful of things, three or four things that if you do, you cannot accidentally shoot someone. It cannot happen. Right. You don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot the gun, period. Yep. And then, yeah. and you, and you never aim it at anyone, obviously you, and you have to learn how not to cross people like, you know, that the gun right. cannot accidentally. So if you don't do those two things, um, and every gun is always loaded, yep. never assume that a gun is not loaded. So what I do is if, you know, my kids don't ask anymore because it's not, it's not novel at all around here. But if, if they were to say, can I see your gun? I would say, sure, come here. And I'd empty it. And I so, would yes. hand them the gun. So, and then so I would that's... say, is the gun loaded? And you know what they'll say? Yes. Even yes. though they just so, saw me. I agree with you, but two different scenarios, right? If my kids ask to see a gun, if my five-year-old says, oh, can I hold your gun? I'll take the magazine out. I'll take the round out of the chamber. I'll eject the, the, the round. Um, I show it to my five-year-old. Hey, is there any bullets, you know, any rounds in the... I, I definitely will do that. So it, it's, it's a bit of a different scenario. I would never show someone a firearm without even my kids or even friends that come over. Right. I would never show anyone a loaded firearm. Now, yes, all gun, treat gun, all guns, if they're loaded, hypothetically, but I'm saying an actually loaded firearm, I would never right. show yeah. people a loaded firearm. A great conversation I had uh, at the beginning of the summer with family friends of ours, um, we were talking about, you know, the difference of like, what do I consider free? Like, like the, the ultimate source of uh, being free. And I said, and I told the wife, I said, I don't care about what you think. She's like, wait, what? I'm like, yes. Imagine going through life caring about what everyone thinks about you. I said, how are you ever going to be free? She's like, huh. I'm like, me? I said. Hannah, her name's Hannah. I'm like, Hannah, listen. I like you. You and my wife are great friends. Our kids are good friends. We hang out all the time. 
I'm a gun owner. I love shooting. I take my nine-year-old daughter shooting. If you think that's bad, I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me what you think about how I raise my children. I said, it doesn't make a difference to me how my parents think I raise my children. I said, when you can, when you can get to that point where you just stop caring what everyone thinks and you do you, I said, it's a sense of freedom. Not many people in this world can, can say that they have. And wow. it's great. You yeah. know what? It, you, you just solidified something for me because this is Freedom Junkie Radio. I am all about anything that makes us freer. We are talking about something that obviously makes us freer and that's, uh, you know, 2A. But I have, I've had people on here talking about home birth, you know, like you can do birth at home. You, you can be free of the, the, the hospital, free of the medical, anything that, that can bring any type of freedom into our lives, so growing your own food, anything. And you just touched on something I hadn't thought of, Yehuda. And it's, that is, I, I want to end with that because I, that's powerful. You are free from the shackles of caring what people think about. And society. You, uh, and I think I kind of am too, but I haven't, I'm not there in a conscious way like you are. I've authenticity, you know, I had a mentor who was like, when you do your, your podcast, you need to have an alter ego. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I have worked really hard to figure out this. And right. People can take it or leave it. You know, like, I, obviously I'm not going to please everybody. That's for sure. And so, and I love that when I, when I, when I see you and I go, that's authentic you, it makes me love you so much more. If I thought you were putting on for me. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't do that. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, have you ever, have you ever read uh, Ayn Rand's Fountainhead? No, I have not. Okay. So I'm a big Ayn Rand fan. Um, Atlas Shrugged changed my life in terms of uh, how I view capitalism in the free market. But the Fountainhead there's one sentence in the book that began this transformation uh, that I just talked about. And there is the, the bad guy, so to speak, of the book is this architect uh, critic who writes for a magazine and you know critiques all these new architectural designs. And the main character, Howard Rourke, is an architect. And you know he he's light years ahead of the whole architectural world, right? His stuff is considered too modern and futuristic. And I think the book takes place in the '30s, so you know, obviously, like what we see today, you know, is just. But um, the I think his name was um, B. F. Skinner. I think is the the critics uh, the critic's name. And the entire book, he's just always writing these negative reviews. Everything Howard Rourke does. And the book takes place over, you know, like 20, 30 years. And at one point towards the end of the book, Howard Rourke is at a party and the critic turns to him and says, you know, I've basically been trying to ruin your life for 20 years. What do you think of me? And his response was, but I don't think of you. And, and I read that and I reread it and I, those three sentences, I must have read it like a thousand times before I moved on to the next page. And 
that was the point, and this was already seven, eight years ago. So it's taken me years to get to that, you know, you said that mental state, um, but it, it just blew my mind. Here's a guy trying to ruin somebody else's life for 20 years. And the only thing that this guy saw was the future and his view of the future, right? I don't care what you think of me. That, that doesn't even make a difference. I am free to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. And that was just one of the most eye-opening things I have ever read in my life. And um, that's what got it started. And, and to me, the ultimate set sense of freedom is being unshackled from society and being able to say, hey, you know, I don't care what you think of me, you know, even in the Jewish community, right? Oh, you're, you're a vocal gun owner. Oh, what, you're calling out other Jews for being anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment? Yeah, well, you're a bad Jew. Okay, I'm a bad Jew. That's going to be between me and God. That's not between me and you. You, you can say whatever you want. Don't care. Um, at the end of the day, I'm free and you're not. I, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I always, I always tell people, I'm like, there's only one person in this world I need to make sure that I'm continuously impressing, and that's my wife. That's it. I don't, I don't, need, to, I don't need to impress anybody else in this world. I just need to make sure my wife is happy with me um, and keep on doing things to make her happy. And besides that, um, obviously I care what my wife thinks about me because um, I'm five foot six, a little chubby and bald. So I need to admit I need my wife to still love me because if she gets rid of me, I don't know what I'd do. But, um, but you know, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, um, it's a sense of freedom that very few people can taste. And look, I'm not going to say that I'm 100% free, right? There's still, I, I, I've been fighting it for six, seven years, and I continue to fight it every day. But every other, you know, the more and more I progress in life, the less and less I care what people think. Do you know what? I, the energy behind what you're saying is so powerful. I feel it here. <laughs> I feel it in my heart chakra, just opening this freedom from the shackles or the cage or whatever you, the prison of caring what other people think trying to fit into what you think people should want you to, you know, how you should be. That is that I'm just experiencing that feeling with you. right <laughs> now. And I well, keep and, like, just, once I was said, uh, to keep in mind, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but keep in mind, I'm not saying go out there and give everyone the finger and say, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, screw you all and then be a total a-hole. That's not what I'm saying. Meaning if someone comes up no, to you, be, be yourself, be authentic. Be, be yourself and stop caring what people think of you. Still be, you know, we call it a mensch, right? In in uh, in Judaism, be a mensch, be be a gentleman, be be polite to people. But if someone says to me, you know, we just really don't like the fact that you do that, I'll be like, I, you know, I hear you, but I'm gonna do me and you do you. If that's gonna be a problem with you, then don't follow me. You know, I, I don't don't talk to me. Don't be my friend. Like. I will never be rude or disrespectful to people, but I'm going to be me and you can either like that or hate it. Like, like that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want people to see, I don't want people to think who are going to might watch us that, you know, are going to all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, the guy's a pure jerk. Cause he just like, no, be respectful, 
but you do you and, and do it respectfully. And, you know, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's great. I, I love it. it. It's, it's so much fun to just be yourself. And, um, you know, I was on a podcast last night and, uh, I, I, I warned the, the, uh, <laughs> the hosts beforehand. I'm like, guys, look, I don't like, if you ask me a question, like you might not like the answer. So just like, understand that. Like, I am not going to, to hold back on things. Like you invited me onto your show. This is who I am. So take it or leave it, you know? And they're like, no, 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 be yourself, be yourself. And I was on the podcast with another friend of mine, uh, Mom at Arms. I don't know if you follow them um, on Instagram. I highly recommend you follow Mom at Arms. Um, I was on the, her name's Jill. And I was on the, she was the second guest. And, you know, I was, I was, um, her and I should not be allowed to do anything together because we, we are, we are super immature and we both love to have a very good time. So like, like I kept throwing jokes out on this podcast and like the hosts weren't really laughing, but she was dying. And I'm like, look, this is what you paid for. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but yeah. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off before. No, but I, so here's the thing. I, you know, you and I have been talking for an hour and I don't, I know a few things about you. But the thing that endears me the most, and of course I love a lot of the things about you, but um, um, is that authenticity that you just explained, you know? And I think that you don't have to try to impress your wife because she loves you for you. And if I could tell young people right. that, I would, you know? Like, don't try to be something that that guy is gonna think is awesome to, or that girl, don't try. Because if they fall in love with what they think you are and then find out five years later that that's not who you were, you got trouble. Like, be yeah. yourself, the right people will come and the right people, the wrong people will go. And so it's it's yeah. very refreshing. You are it just is. refreshing. <laughs> Thank you. And, and the funny thing is people, people there are a few people who'll be like there's no way he's like this in real life and and i will tell you straight out if if you meet me at the nra show if you're gonna i mean i don't know if you're gonna be there because it's not too far from you oh. but um if you meet me in the, at the nra show i am the exact same person you're talking to now i am and i'm i mean unless i'm falling on my face with a migraine which i i luckily i woke up with a migraine and i had one till about one o'clock today so I was able to overcome it. I mean, I'm the same energetic, um, open, friendly. I mean, it's just who I am. And uh, it, it's just, you know, um, I said, well, you can take tell. it or leave it. Yeah, because yeah, I hear I am doing this. This is like my, I don't know, 17th or 18th interview. And uh, I don't know what people are thinking of me and I, I don't care, you know, they'll either listen or not and whatever. I'm just doing it because I, I have to. And right. um, people have told me that I come across as authentic, I think, and, and I, I can't tell how I come across, but, but you can get feedback. And I think when, you know, I wouldn't expect you, I mean, you, to me, you come across as extraordinarily authentic. I don't, you know, you know, so I, I, I would be yeah. shocked if you were like a jerk, you know, or something, that's no. always surprising. Yeah, if you were like, oh, yeah. But no. well, um, if there were anything else that you could leave my, audience who are freedom lovers 
searching for more freedom in their lives or just anything that you would tell the world, the people who've made it this far, what would it be? Oh God. Um, anything. I don't know. Uh, that, that's a trick question because there's so much, but like putting you on the spot, like whenever someone does that, it's like all of a sudden your mind is like empty. You're Jelly. Like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, like, wow. uh, I don't know. Uh, just, you know, I'll, how about this? Well, things I talked about, I was talk, I, I left them with this last night is as a gun owner, someone who works in the second amendment world and, and, you know, tries to educate people. If you are a gun owner and someone is coming at you with, Hey, you know, I want to buy my first gun or, or, you know, Hey, I want you, can, can you train me? And this is the same person who's been calling you a gun nut for years. Check your ego at the door. Um, I know that sounds easy, but check your ego at the door. Don't say, aha, oh, now you come to me right when it's getting this bad. Don't do that, mm. um, at least not initially. Uh, initially, uh, I would say get them out of gun range, get them, you know, get, get them interested in firearms. And, you know, maybe once they're, they're involved, once they buy their first gun, then feel free to rip them all you want. Say, hey, remember that time when you used to call me a gun nut and now look at you? By all means, rip them once to, once you have them, but but check that ego at the door and don't don't be like, oh, I told you so right at the beginning because they don't need to hear that. They, if they're asking you now, it means they're actually worried about something. So do the bring, right thing. Bring them into the fold. Yeah. Bring them into the fold. Yeah. Like I said, I have I have friends in the community who for years and years and years they've been calling me a gun nut. And in the last year and a half. I probably armed about 30 or 40 people in my community. And uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's so easy to just look down at them and say, told you so, but I didn't. I, I didn't just because, you know, um, it's important. It, it's important to get more people involved. It's important, it's important that more people take their own, you know, their their safety into their own hands. They're their own first responder. And it's important that people feel comfortable with that. So checking your ego at the door is so well, important. And they humbled themselves. They had been calling you a gun nut and now they're coming to you going, can you help me? <laughs> you know, so I, mean, I, you know, I wish, I, I wish I can say that they were humbling themselves. I think that it was more along the lines of like, oh, haha, you know, we were just joking all these times, you know, like, more, more people than not make excuses, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and I'll just say they were humbling themselves too. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, well, Yehuda, I just can't thank you enough for coming on Freedom Junkie Radio. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Do you have your own podcast? Uh, it's in the works. Um, me and my friend, Jill, like I said, at Mom at Arms, hopefully we're... we're um, like I said, we, we should not be allowed in the same room together. Uh, which just means because, you should be together. Which means, which means, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we are, we, we feed off each other and it's really bad. Who is she to you? So she, she's just a good friend. She runs Mom at Arms. Um, it's a fantastic website that basically single-handedly is taking on Shannon Watts and Moms Demand Action, as well as the Giffords Foundation and all that. Um, and they're doing their, their stuff is being quoted by like the firearms policy coalition and Steven Crowder. Um, their research is, is just so important 
And the woman who started this girl, this woman, Jill, is, uh, like I said, she is me just in girl form. So she is awesome. I love her to pieces. And um, we feed off each other really well. Um, and we both are self-deprecating and don't care what people think about us. So we're, we're, I don't have a podcast yet, but it's in the works. Okay. Well, so tell people how, what your, um, your website or your Instagram or how people can get in touch with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, across social media, all you have to do is find the Pew Pew Jew. That's P-E-W. So the Pew Pew Jew. And you can go to the pewpewjew.com, get signed copies of my books. I've got, I don't even know how many fun t-shirts up there, hats, mugs, hoodies, stuff like that. Okay. And so that's how people can support you too, by buying your merch and your books. And Yes, that would be great. Okay. I've got a, I've, I've got a hungry baby. Yes. That <laughs> <laughs> warm milk. All right. Well, uh, Freedom Junkies. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, be sure and share this, this podcast with people and get the word out. Go to the website, freedomjunkyradio.com. You can find me on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I don't use it much. And uh, Telegram is really my favorite place to communicate with people. So the Telegram channel, Freedom Junkie Radio and Freedom Junkie Radio Chat. So we've also got merch on freedomjunkyradio.com. You can get really awesome t-shirts and coffee mugs and anything pretty much printed up these days. And, uh, you know, just take your freedom and, and own it and run with it because it's yours still. And we have got to maintain that. So till next time, ciao. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king.